Mary Steen, and you are listening to Side Grace, a place and a space that was created for all things mental health, all discussions and conversations surrounded around mental health. We also approach mental health with a side of grace, aka why I called it Side Grace. I share intimate stories about the things that I'm going through in my growth journey throughout this year and years prior in hopes that it increases insight for you on your own mental health. So thank you for joining me today here in this safe space and I hope you approach everything with a side of grace. We are going to start the podcast right now. This week on Side Grace, we are talking about grief. Grief is a word that I really never even saw coming or ever even thought about or had a second thought about it ever until this past year. I never, like I knew the word, I knew the process of it, and I knew a couple friends who were going through grieving processes but I never actually understood what grief was again until this year. And I waited and I waited a very long time to make this episode because when I originally made Side Grace, I knew that this was an episode that would be something that would honor the person that I lost and my grieving process and where I am today. But I wanted to make sure that I was ready to do it. Initially, when I started the podcast, I knew I could not, I couldn't manage making this episode. But today, two days actually after my birthday, my birthday was two days ago, but I can honestly sit here and say that I can talk about it. And there might be days where I'm not able to talk about it, but I know today I'm able to talk about it. And I want to talk about it. And I want to talk about it with all of you and share it with you. So grief is a multifaceted phenomenon. I think it is the most intense feeling secondary to love. And this phenomenon just took me. uh, It really forces you to go through some things. And that's what we're really going to talk about this week. So to start it off, I didn't make a video for this week because I felt like I really wanted to make sure I was worried about the message I was delivering instead of how it also looked on camera. So I wanted to make sure that I was delivering the best information I can and honoring my story and my brother's story. As well as I didn't pose a question of the week because grief is so personal and it's a personal thing depending on what the grief is and if you're comfortable sharing it. And there are some things I don't really want to force individuals to answer. Obviously, it's optional, but also I think that it's so precious and pure to you. So we're just going to talk about my grief. So my grief is I don't think I can really start it without talking about who I'm grieving and what I'm grieving, the loss that I'm grieving. 
My brother, Gary Renford-Dean, he is 31 years old and he is my best friend since birth. He's older than me. Actually, he's eight years older than me. And I remember I used to read articles where they would say like, children with huge age gaps usually like aren't really close. But that wasn't true for me and my brother. My brother and I did everything together. And my mom always, always, always had it stuck in our mind that we are the only two. And that's it. So oftentimes, like, I remember going around and like, if my brother was there, I'd be like, this is my brother, like, and he would do the same for me. And even when I was a toddler age, four or five, maybe, I remember every time Gary got hurt, I intensely felt his pain. Even though I didn't go through the physical pain that he's going through, I felt it. And I remember I would cry more than he would cry because I was just like, I was like, oh no, I'm like, that's my big brother. Like, no, 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 that can't happen to him. Absolutely not. And I just felt this huge, like, ownership and proudness of being his little sister. Gary is the most, (laughs) I don't even know how to say it. Gary is just my favorite person in the entire world. Even though we used to get into some really intense arguments, didn't matter. We spent summers bonding off of similar things that we liked. So we would like binge watch gator shows in like the South. We bonded over the plethora of lizards that he would sneak in the house and the animals. And I was always the first person to know and how to keep it a secret. We bonded off of the gym. He was the one who introduced me to powerlifting in the first place, and he really pushed me to do so. He loved that I played soccer growing up and wish I did it in undergrad. He supported me with track. Anything that I ever picked up an interest, my brother really was my number one cheerleader. And that was vice versa. And one of the things I really remember with our relationship was how different, but the same we were. I really honor him and thank him for, he almost like, in a way raised me. Without him, I wouldn't have the sense of humor that I have, the courage to try new things. Um, I also learned a lot of lessons from him. So seeing him make mistakes, I knew that that's not what I wanted to do growing up. My brother always put a smile on my face and we always laughed. There was always laughter. Um, And I always knew when he was lying to me, I can literally look at his face and be like, yeah, no, no, no. I was like, stop, stop BSing me. Like you, you know, that's not the truth what you're telling me right now. And we just had a really great dynamic. We really communicated with eye contact. Um, I was the first person that he would go to and vice versa. 
if I would go through breakups, like, we literally would do, like, our basement sleepover, and he would literally, like, we'd watch movies all night, and he would just let me cry, and I would cry, like, literally on his shoulder, and I don't think a lot of people realize how close me and my brother were. So, around, obviously, the pandemic time, we have a lot of things going on. And my brother uh, had contracted COVID-19 about a couple days before my birthday last year. So around early December and he was quarantining. So I actually, the last time I saw my brother face to face was right before my birthday. Like maybe right after Thanksgiving. That was the last time I saw him and then he had a quarantine. First couple days, you know, he really went through the COVID-19 but then he was it seemed like he was getting better and you know I had my birthday he couldn't be with me on my birthday we kind of had to celebrate via like FaceTime even though he was in the basement but like he was fine he ate my cake uh we were laughing on the phone and yeah so I really it was when I tell you my grief was uh quick and when I tell you the tragedy was really quick, it was really, really quick because four days after my birthday, I got this, ex- actually four days after my birthday. So this is December 14th, 13th to 14th. I was on the FaceTime call with him and we were just talking, you know, he was asking for advice, which is something that he always did as I got older. So like around Yeah, as I got older, he started asking me more for advice. Um, And he was asking me for advice that night. And, you know, I was giving him my honest opinion. We were kind of going through it. And he was fine. And I remember I had to go to my boyfriend's house that night. And Gary had called me. But Gary was really taking his sweet time. And I was just like, ooh, I'm going to be late. But... I didn't care. I was like, you know what? Like, I'll just be late. Like, I'm just going to spend the time talking to my brother. And I'm really happy that I did that. I'm really, really happy that I did that. (laughs) So I spoke to him. You know, we were laughing. I was giving him advice. And I told him I love him. He told me he loved me. And then we hung up. And I told him I'll talk to him later. I'll check on him. And I checked on him every single day while he was quarantining as well. So literally that very night um, into December 14th, I get a text message and he tells me that he's going to the hospital. And there was a text message that I received that literally just broke me inside. I still have that text message, but that text message absolutely broke me because if you remember when I said when I was younger I really really thought that like I felt everything he felt and if he was in pain like it would drive me absolutely insane and that's what happened that day and I won't go into the I won't delve into details about that um because that is that is his truth to hold so I got that text message, destroyed me. I immediately went home the next day um, and it was just mayhem in the house. It was 
an absolutely nightmare every day. And my brother had to go through surgery. Um, he went through surgery. There was just so many ups and downs between December 14th to January 19th. It was up and down every day. I'm even when I told you guys before earlier that like I have PTSD, my anxiety, like this is where it really stems from because not every single day was you were on edge, right? We were getting four or five phone calls from the hospital each day. We weren't allowed to see him. Each time the phone rings, my body would just crumble. Like it would go to fight and flight. I couldn't hear, like we literally had to change the phones after everything because it was such a traumatizing sound. And it was the hardest thing to deal with, not knowing what that next phone call was. And there were so many up moments with his recovery and there was a lot of down moments. And you just never knew which one you were going to get. So that was so difficult in that process and not being able to talk to him. Like I spoke to him, but he couldn't speak back. Was the hardest thing ever. And having everyone kind of coming to you and asking you how he's doing. I had to take care of my nephews. My mom completely shut down. My dad also had gotten COVID, but he was asymptomatic, but he couldn't be around us. It was so draining that I literally lost about 25 pounds within that month. It was the most draining experience I've ever walked through. And finally, the days that we did get to speak to him, you know, he was up like awake. And I don't wish anyone to have to visibly see what I saw or my dad because the only two people who saw my brother during that time was my dad and I and I will never ask anyone to ever experience something like that to see someone that you love someone who was so able-bodied to see such a drastic change I don't wish that on anyone and that's an image that will forever I wake up with it I go to sleep with it because it breaks my heart it absolutely breaks my heart so um those last few days we got to speak to him obviously he was recovering pretty well and then there was just a lot one last tragedy that which was what ended up taking his life. And it was really hard. And it's funny because that same day, I remember he was going through his last uh, surgery. And I remember just waiting there for results. And it snowed. It started to snow. And as soon as I saw the snow... I instantly knew. And now I have a really hard time with snow. 
But the moment that I saw snow falling from the sky, I knew what had happened. And I knew that was my brother's like way of saying goodbye. And the last gift that I had, I think, was the fact that I got to work with my therapist. That was the first day I met my therapist. And conveniently enough, it was probably the best timing. And that January 19th was the day that my brother had passed away at 30 years old. His birthday is February 2nd. 1990 we buried him January 26 2021 and I I remember the funeral I remember that there was a lot of responsibility that I had to hold on to that day but I wasn't I was sad for a little bit a couple times um, but as we were there and we were at the funeral and we're at the burial site, I just felt this overwhelming of like peace. And the reason why I felt peace was because I know even if my brother had came out the hospital, there was a lot of challenges and complications that he had to face ahead. And I know my brother would have been mentally, mentally checked out. And I know that's not how my brother wanted to live his life. So I felt this very overwhelming peace during that time. Afterwards, I remember I woke up every single morning morning for a week, like throwing up. Everything was just overwhelming. And I remember I was having a lot of memory gaps between because of the trauma. And there was just a lot. There was a lot in that grief. And I remember going through each stage of it differently. So now I'm here in December 12th. And I'm recording this. And this will be released on that day, December 14th. That's my grief. And that's how I actually got journeyed into my grief process here. Losing my brother. But also while losing my brother, I realized that the family that I always wanted, so necessarily my mom and I's relationship, the relationship that I've always wanted, I had to grieve that that was never going to happen. During that time, I realized that I will never get the mom that I ever wanted and that's okay. But that was two different grieving processes that I was going through because I was grieving the loss of my brother, but I was also grieving the loss of my mom and the hopes that I had for my mom to be the mom that I needed. And also, I still grieved the fact that my mom's not fully here. Um, She's here physically, but when Gary passed away, a huge part of her... (laughs) left too and sometimes I question if she really wants to see my life journey on and that's really hard 
because oftentimes like you know she's made comments like what's the point of being alive and then I kind of sit there I'm just like well you still have one more child here but so I'm grieving all those different things and it's not easy and it is draining but it also has showed me so much in life like it has showed me more than I could ever realize So that moves me into what is grief? Well, my definition of grief is all the love that you have for someone or something that that person or that thing is no longer there and you have all this love that just doesn't have a place to go. And for me, that's something I reminded myself and honored and was so grateful for because I love, I love my brother so much, like so, 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 so much. And I know that I can't feasibly like look him in the face and tell him how much I love him, but I am so grateful that I got to experience such a brotherly, sisterly love. Because not a lot of people have that. And I'm so grateful for that. And I'm grateful for the relationship that he's curated with me. He never made that age gap ever noticeable. Where does grief apply? So a lot of people believe that grief applies to just losing a loved one. So usually people think that, you know, it's when you lose someone um, and they are no longer here. But grief also applies in a lot of other ways. It applies in breakups. It applies to losing a job. You know, maybe you're losing the sense of like safety. It can be a great loss of really anything. Maybe it was a loss of your house or a loss um, or a divorce. It can also be someone who's diagnosed with a serious illness. So they're here, but you know, there is this loss of a lot of like independence, Um, maybe loss of time. So with breakups, I'm going to go back to breakups here when it comes to grief. That for me is kind of like a grieving of someone who's still alive, but you're just no longer in their life. You were a part of their life and they were a part of yours, but right now in the future for right now, they're no longer a part of your life, but they're still living. A loss of a job, maybe it's a job that you really loved or maybe that job provided a lot of stability, financial stability. And that is also a form of grief, even retirement for some individuals, you know, you're grieving the livelihood that you once knew, you know, oftentimes we're so connected to our jobs and we believe our jobs is who we are. And I, I always have a discussion with that because I don't think we should really take on the persona that our job is the only thing, like our identity, we're more than our jobs, but In society, we're curated to identify with our jobs, right? So losing a job or retiring from a job that once was your identity, you can go through grief. Customary things that we once knew, you know, maybe like I said about 
something that I, my family, like I'm grieving the fact that my family or my mom and I's dynamic will never be quite how I want it. And that's a grief too. So there are so many different aspects of grief and it does not just apply to someone who's lost someone who can never come back, right? It can be applied in so many different facets of our life. So with that grief, there are many different stages and oftentimes you hear the five stages, but there's actually a seventh stage, right? So there's seven stages to grief. There is five and then there's also seven. So the seven stages of grief is, the first one is shock and denial. Then you have pain and guilt. You have anger and bargaining. You have depression, reflection, and loneliness. Then you have the upward turn. You have reconstruction. And lastly, you have acceptance. So, to go back to the first one, which is that shocking denial, that's when the initial, like, it's just shocking. There's no way that this is true, right? There's that denial piece. There's that shock. Like, it just, it hasn't set in that this has happened. Then you have that pain and guilt. So now this is when the grief is setting in. Now this is reality and you feel the pain and you feel the guilt. You know, this is when you might be asking, what if, what if I did this? What if I did that? What if he didn't do this? What if he didn't do that? That's when that pain of like, oh my gosh, like I I can't believe this has happened. And then that guilt. So feeling like, oh, like maybe it's my fault. Maybe I could have done this better. Maybe he could have done this. So then Those were those two initial stages. So you got that shock and denial. Then you have that pain and guilt. Then you have that anger and bargaining. And I remember for a while, for my grief, I felt this intense anger. Like, I never felt such an anger. But this felt like another living person was inside of me. And I remember one time I got so angry. I was was really suppressing my anger for months. And finally... I was just so, I I boiled over. And this is why I always say it's really important to feel your feelings when you feel them. Because I suppressed it so much that I was this close to taking my expensive laptop and throwing it across the room into a glass door because I was that frustrated with the fact that my brother was not here anymore. And that I got to see everyone else living their life except my brother. I was that close. I literally remember slamming my laptop on the glass table and I was about to pick it up and just chuck it. So anger and bargaining also comes to play with grief, right? So that intense anger that this is what you've been dealt with and that person might have been faced with. And then also that bargaining. So maybe you try bargaining like, Again, those what ifs comes into play, right? So there's that anger and bargaining factor. Then there's that depression reflection and that loneliness. So you're feeling that sadness. You're feeling that reflection. So now you're reflecting on what has happened. And then you might feel a little bit lonely. 
Then you have that other stage now, which is your upward turn. And this is when you start noticing small good things in life. So after you've gone through all those five, you start to realize like, okay, this is kind of nice. Like, oh, okay, let me start enjoying a few things um, that I haven't enjoyed in, in a while, right? So you start noticing and being grateful for those good things. Then you have that reconstruction. So then you start trying to reconstruct your life, um, even though it might look very differently. You're trying to now reconstruct a life that suits you around this grief. And then finally, acceptance. So the acceptance of this is what it is, right? I no longer have this person. I no longer have this job. This is what life is and it will be okay, but it still is always going to be there. So do you go through these stages linearly, like in a line? Do you go through each stage, like you have to go through each one um, specifically to get to the other? No. You can go through each and every stage differently. You can possibly feel anger first and then go all the way back to shock and denial. You can go back to depression and then feel anger. You can go between each stage. You can go back a stage. You can go back a couple stages and they can change every single day. Okay. They can change every couple weeks. There's no perfect linear stage that everyone's supposed to go through. Okay. You can go through the stages very differently than someone else. For example, my mom she went through, you know, shock and denial, right? So she was just shock and denial. And my dad, initially, I would say he was more at like pain and guilt, right? Now, like present day, it's two different people. So my mom has been really in the anger, the anger and loneliness and depression for a while. And my dad, actually, for me, how I view it is it seems, and we do talk about it, and it seems like he's really in acceptance. So he's accepted that he'll never have his son back. He loves him and he cherishes the memories that he has, but he knows no matter what he does, he'll never get him back and we have to keep living. So one thing he keeps telling me. So... Everyone goes through the stages so differently. Some people go through grief for a very long time. And that's somewhat called complicated grief. And a person goes through grief for a long time. And some individuals might never really get to acceptance. They might acknowledge that the person's not here, but they still might be stuck in a stage um, for a really long time. And that's that trauma base. And I oftentimes saw it when I was watching um, Hoarders. I love that show. <laughs> but when I was watching Hoarders, there was one episode of a woman who had lost her hus husband like five years ago. And she was in such denial that her husband was gone. You know, she kept all his clothes, everything about him. She wanted to finish the project of the house. She was in such denial 
that it really held her back those last five years. And so that's what I mean. It doesn't take a year. It doesn't take a couple months. Like everyone looks really different in their grief journey. But you can go through those stages. You can wax and wane. One day you might be accepting of it. The next day you might feel this intense anger about it. So I want to say that because people think that you oftentimes should be going through it like in an order and then you should already be at acceptance by a certain time. But that's not the case. So you really have to gauge it with every single person and really be patient because everyone is so different. So now that we talked about the stages, we talked about what grief is and if it goes through like linearly, we're going to talk about how do you deal with grief? So again, something that's super important for me to mention is that grief is going to look different for everyone. So what might work for me might not work for someone else, but it's always just helpful to try. So some of the things that I have that helped me and also generally could help a lot of people, but again, always check in with a professional just to get that second opinion. It really does help um, just to check in with them. If you need someone, if you feel like you need um, some extra support, don't be afraid to reach out to a professional, like I said before, or there's a lot of support groups uh, for bereavement. So how to deal with grief? Like I said before, there is not a one size fit all. Someone might heal from grief a lot different and quicker than someone else. So it will look different for all of you. You want to establish a support system, a support group, or even just a person that you really can go to to confide in. That was something that really helped me was having an amazing support group. Without them, I don't know what I would have done. But that support group was so, so crucial for me to be able to go cry to someone because at home, it wasn't safe for me to grieve, right? My grief was being overpowered by my mom's grief. And it wasn't safe for me to feel the grief that I needed to feel. So having other people to listen to me, like my therapist, uh, my significant other at the time, my friends, like that was so crucial for me to do because I didn't have it here. Like I couldn't go to my mom and get support because she was really only... She still is only consumed in her own grief. Like, I don't have the support from my mom. I have the support from my dad. I know I can go to my dad and really grieve and cry and feel what I have to feel. But my mom cannot offer that for me. So I really needed that support system. Seek a professional who can help, like I stated before. So if you can get a therapist... Uh, also speaking to your primary care doctor, I spoke to my primary care doctor quite often and he actually prescribed me, I never took it, but he did prescribe uh, Xanax for my funeral, for the funeral of my brother. And then he also prescribed me, I think it was Lexapro uh, for my anxiety. I never took them. 
However, it was very nice that he was willing to add some help during this really tough time. So always just reach out to your professional team to see what they can do to support you during this time. Mind you, it doesn't have to be grief of losing a person. So all these tips can be applied to multifaceted areas of grief. So maybe this is a breakup. Maybe you lost a job or maybe you are changing career paths and you're grieving the one that you had gone through. Or maybe you're grieving an end of a friendship. But all of these can still apply. So please be mindful of that. Also make sure you are taking care of yourself first. So make sure you're eating, you're sleeping, do the things you also like to do. So during that time, I told you before, I lost a lot of weight. So it was crucial for me to start eating little meals because it was really hard for me to eat in general. Because that shock, like I literally couldn't even hold down a meal. So getting in little meals, drinking water, trying to get sleep, is really important because when I tell you like my health really deteriorated it deteriorated a lot like I was at night in the middle of night I would wake up literally trembling shaking cold sweats I was puking I was so cold I just felt physically weak today I feel really good because I really prioritize like working up an appetite again, making sure I'm getting enough sleep each night. So I'm really trying to heal what deteriorated from last year. So again, mind yourself, you need to eat, you need to sleep, you need to get some water in. Also try new things. I know trying new things really helped me. Like I tried everything. I did painting, I did stitching, I did knitting, I did like, I picked up every new hobby that you could tell me, I tried it. And I had so much fun with it. And it really made me look forward to something. So try new activities. I also read a lot. I got a lot of books during that time. So try new things. Try the things that you've always been wanting to try. It really just made me look forward to something and brought like a different feeling out of the things that I usually do. Also find ways to honor what you lost. So maybe you lost a friend or a family member. Maybe you, you know, a breakup. Like find ways to honor it. If you went through a breakup, honor the fact that you had so much love for that person. I think this can go for anything. You had so much love for that career, that job, um, that love for that person. Find ways to be grateful for that love that you had and realize that, you know what, I'm so grateful that life has proven to me that I can give so much love or so much care into something and I know that I will be okay. Also, if you lost a loved one, honor them. So for me, Sai Grace is part of a way for me honoring my brother because he always appreciated how open I was to speaking about who I was authentically as well as he was really proud of just the field that I had chosen and he was really proud of the fact that I did things because I wanted to do them. I didn't let anyone stop me. So this was me Sai Grace is really an honor to my brother. 
And that's how I chose to honor him. I also choose to honor him every day because I love his two boys. I choose to raise them in a way that I think he would want them to be raised in, which is loving, kind, respectful, and just open to everything in the world. So that's how I choose to honor my brother. Another tip I have is to cry, get angry, scream, shout, sit in your emotions because those emotions might feel like they will last forever. I know it sucks. Like those emotions feel like, oh my God, when are these are going to end? When is, when am I going to stop feeling sad? When am I going to stop feeling angry? I know they might feel like they're going to last forever, but I promise you they will lessen with intensity as you keep feeling them. Right. So every time you get sad, may that be a thousand times, right? Over time, you won't feel that intensity anymore. So sit in your feelings, feel all the emotions that you have to feel because if you suppress them, they will come back in a different form. Understand that grief for a loved one, like I said before, is just no like love that has no place to go at this very moment. So like I said before, honor that love and be proud of how much you have love for them. Understand that you can't run away from your emotions like I mentioned before. Also take your time, be patient with yourself and be kind. You're trying your best. Don't push yourself to reach the end of, like to reach acceptance, right? Don't push yourself. Go day by day. Take each day how it is. And with time, it will get better. But do not push yourself to meet a deadline on grief. Just go with the flow. Also remember to set your boundaries. Set boundaries with yourself. Set boundaries with others. It's super important and crucial during this time. And also find a routine that works best for you. Now that I've given you all the tips that I've used during the time of my grief, and I'm still grieving, I hope that you are able to learn a little bit more about why I started Side Grace as well as what kind of my kind of grief that I've gone through and the tragedy that I've experienced, it's definitely really personal. And I know it was something that I could not do initially when I started this podcast, but I feel very confident in talking about it today. And I'm really proud of myself for doing so because I know I've tried to make this episode a thousand and one times. And I thought about making this episode a thousand and one times and I know I was just not there. I wasn't there yet. But I'm here today. I'm telling you about my brother. Remember his name? Gary Renford Dean. He was absolutely, he is absolutely one of a kind. Authentically him. And if you see logos ever with the cowboy boots, I know if you've seen them. One of the reasons why is because Gary loved his cowboy boots and he referred to himself as a black cowboy. He bought his boys cowboy boots. He has a cowboy boots that he actually um, was laid to rest in. 
Gary loved his cowboy boots, wore them on dates. Um, not my cup of tea. He offered to buy me one and it was just not going to happen. But I, again, chose to honor my brother by putting in cowboy boots for Sai Grace because it was just, it's, it's him. It's authentically him. And so remember his name, Gary Renford Dean, the black cowboy that he liked to call himself. I absolutely love him. I will always and forever love my big brother. I hope that you, if you're going through a grieving process, I hope that you are being kind to yourself. Honor yourself and love yourself throughout this time. And understand that there's no perfect time to heal from something. Take your time. You will get through it. And this is a message to myself. Like, we will get through it. Like always, I absolutely am so grateful for all of you for coming each week. And if you're new, thank you so much for coming and checking out this episode. If you like this episode, please leave a review as well as share it with a friend or a family member who you think this can really help. Also share to your social medias if that would be really helpful. My official side grace Instagram is side underscore grace. Follow along to learn more information about grief. I hope that you guys have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your week and I can't wait for you to hear the next episode.